The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 265 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, a vaccine is likely to start shipping around the U.S. before the end of the year. But states are getting mixed messages from the federal government about how much of it they'll get. And that makes it hard to set up programs to give people the shots. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. Nations across Europe are pushing ahead with fast-track vaccine programs. The UK has approved a vaccine and is hoping to inoculate millions of Britons before year-end. Spain aims to vaccinate up to 20 million people by June. And Sweden expects to get enough doses next quarter to immunize a fifth of its population. The U.S. posted another day of record COVID-19 infections, and deaths. That comes as overburdened hospitals around the nation brace for a surge in cases after Thanksgiving. Coronavirus hospitalizations in New York topped 4,000 for the first time since late May. New York City plans to partner with private companies to create an institute devoted to predicting and responding to future pandemics according to the city's mayor, Bill de Blasio. Finally, California, the first state to tell residents to stay home to fight the coronavirus pandemic, may be about to do it again. Governor Gavin Newsom warned Thursday that the state would impose a new shelter-at-home order if hospitals start running short of intensive care capacity. That could happen in some areas as soon as this week. The order would be imposed in specific regions rather than statewide. If imposed, the order would last three weeks. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. And now for today's main story. Weeks before states expect to receive their first shipments of COVID-19 vaccines, they're getting conflicting messages from the federal government about exactly how many doses may arrive. Some governors have made splashy announcements about how much of Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccines they expect to get if the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorizes them this month. Other states can't provide a solid answer. But All of them must submit orders and distribution plans Friday. I spoke with reporter Angelica Levito. 
about how the shifting expectations are creating all sorts of problems. Over the past few weeks, there's been a lot of anticipation about the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines with first doses available potentially very soon. But the gargantuan task of supplying vaccines to all 50 states raises a lot of questions about how this is going to be achieved. What do we know about how states are liaising with the federal government in the U.S. about how many doses they will need or the timeline for getting those doses? So we have heard from federal officials that at the very beginning, there will be 6.4 million of the Pfizer vaccine doses available. And those doses need to be spread out across all of the states, as well as a few cities and then territories, as well as five federal agencies. So all of those doses need to get spread out. And from what we have heard is that the federal government is giving estimates to all of those jurisdictions. However, we've heard that some of those numbers have been changing. And that's very frustrating, as you can imagine, if you're trying to plan exactly what you're getting and how you will dole those out. As of today, all of those um, jurisdictions should have received their final numbers because they need to place their initial orders today, as in Friday. That way, the federal government knows exactly who wants what day one. So as soon as the FDA authorizes a vaccine, those shipments will start going out. Now, there are a a lot of numbers and a lot of math involved in these calculations, obviously. And In terms of the individual states, how are they supposed to really calculate how many doses of the vaccine they will need? So that's a very good question. And unfortunately, we have had a hard time figuring that out. We have asked Operation Warp Speed exactly how those doses will be allocated. And it should be a simple math problem. There are 6.4 million doses available initially. And those are supposed to be allocated by the adult population in each jurisdiction. So the number of people you have over the age of 18. However, we've asked for the master list of the allocations across the states and the five federal agencies, and we were not able to get such a list. So it's a little difficult to figure out exactly how those those doses are being distributed We've gotten um, numbers from different states saying that these are the numbers we've received from the federal government. However, we have not been able to get sort of a comprehensive list. And so it sounds like there there isn't a unilateral confirmation that if a state says it needs so many doses, that may not be the amount of doses they get. Right. And so, for example, we reached out to a bunch of different states and Michigan said that they couldn't give us a concrete number because in the past several days alone, they had heard everything from a couple hundred thousand doses to under 90,000. And so, as you can imagine, that's pretty frustrating if you're a state. However, it's almost certain that no state will receive enough vaccine doses right at the beginning to vaccinate even the priority group that they are supposed to start with, which is healthcare workers and long-term care residents. And we've already seen an example of at least one state lobbying for more 
than it's supposed to get. So we have Wisconsin yesterday, the Democratic governor, Tony Evers, saying that, you know, Republican lawmakers have hindered the response and created a disaster. Therefore, he wants enough doses to vaccinate all 450,000 of the state's healthcare workers. Right now, he's only supposed to get about 60,000 doses. So you can see sort of the imbalance between what people are expecting and what they'll need to cover everyone. However, I should also be clear that Operation Warp Speed keeps saying that that is the initial allocation and that they will start increasing supply every week and distributing more supplies every week so that um, those quickly become available. You've mentioned, of course, that there are some different distribution plans, and these vary from state to state, that although there is a focus on getting the vaccine first to those specific communities like frontline workers, what are some of the other different distribution plans we've seen among the various states in terms of who will receive this vaccine first? Right. So earlier this week, the CDC's Vaccine Advisory Committee met and finalized its interim recommendations so they will meet again whenever a vaccine is authorized that healthcare workers and long-term care residents should be the first to get vaccinated. However, that sounds easy. It's not because if you're only getting enough vaccine doses to cover a fraction of those people, you have to make some hard choices about who you'll start with and where you'll send those doses. So we have heard that some states are viewing this differently because some of them say, let's start with the healthcare workers because they're the ones who are at the greatest risk of being exposed and possibly catching the virus. But other states are saying, let's start with the long-term care residents because they're the ones who are getting infected the most. And if we can um, tame those infections, then we can help the healthcare workers So hopefully we'll get to a place where there are enough doses to vaccinate everybody simultaneously among those groups. But there could be some states where they're starting with one group or starting with the other um, as we start this process. Now, these are just some of the logistical hurdles that each state is facing right now. But of course, there are other maybe even broader questions about the materials needed for this vaccine, as well as storing and transporting the vaccine. And I was wondering if you might go into some of those other logistical hoops that the states are facing now to to receive this vaccine and distribute it. So it's all but certain that Pfizer's vaccine candidate will be the first one to receive FDA authorization, assuming, of course, that the FDA does authorize it. And that vaccine is very difficult to distribute and to handle because you need to keep that vaccine candidate at negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit. What that means is that you need these special freezers to store them. The large health systems typically have those, which is why at the beginning, you will almost certainly see large health systems receiving doses. If you don't have those freezers, you need to keep them in this special container that Pfizer has created and will ship out the doses in. And these containers are kept cold with dry ice. And if anybody out there is familiar with dry ice, you know that it's difficult to manage. There are specifics. You can only open the container a few times a day or else you run the risk of the dry ice vaporizing. So they require a lot of um, different handling instructions. And it's not just as easy as getting it there and leaving it on the shelf. 
Have there been any, say, trial runs in just seeing how these supply lines or distribution chains work when it does come to getting the vaccine out to the various states? Yes. So there have been test runs to practice shipping the vaccines as well as the ancillary supply kits. So these kits will include things like syringes, masks, things that you'll need to actually give the vaccines. So over the past few weeks, there have been test shipments and they haven't included any real vaccines or any real supplies, but rather empty containers. And we've heard from at least two states who said that they got their test shipments of the vaccines, but not of the ancillary supply kits. So North Dakota and Colorado both reporting that they didn't receive those shipments. Um, Colorado even said that their kit went to another state because of a label printing error. We reached out to McKesson, which is the company responsible for creating and sending the kits, and they said that this was part of the normal process and that this is why you test things. They've addressed the issues and they confirmed that they fixed them. And so, of course, we are just discussing the very early rollout of this vaccine, but this eventually will be ramped up to vaccinating the general population, millions more people to receive these doses. What are some of the other possible logistical challenges we might see once that once that distribution plan scales up? Right. So the irony here is that we're spending so much time talking about whether people are ready for day one, that it's easy to lose sight of the fact that day one could actually be the easiest day. Because at the beginning, you know, we're only talking about 6.4 million doses getting shipped. And in the grand scheme of things, that's really not that many. We could quickly come to the point where, you know, many more doses are being shipped, as well as vaccine doses from multiple companies. So this could quickly, quickly increase in scale. And of course, with scale comes complexity. Are you making sure that they're going to the right places? Are you making sure that the people giving them are tracking everything correctly? Are you making sure that people who got the first shot are coming back in for their booster shot? These are all things that will quickly increase in complexity and are really vital to making sure that actually go smoothly. Because like you mentioned earlier, this is a huge, huge effort. And there are so many moving parts that will need to be um, accounted for throughout this whole process. That was Angelica Levito. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Angelica Levito. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.